a Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? On air. Online. Are you ready to have a good time? On your smart speaker and wherever you stream. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. All right, let's get it going. Our next guest is a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire. Has sold over 150 million records worldwide. He makes his big return to Montreal. Sell Wilfred Pelletier Place des Arts this May 22nd. Of course, totally sold out. Please welcome back to the show, actually for the first time ever, the one, the only, Mr. Engelbert Humperdinck. There he is. Nice to be talking with you. Absolutely. Um, let me just ask you this. You have, of course, still been releasing albums up until 2018, Christmas albums and other things. What keeps you motivated to get into the studio and still do that? Because, uh, listen, you could show up to, to, to Wilfred Peltier and play, and people just want to hear the hits. Why, why keep going? I, I just love what I do, and, I, and I'm going to keep doing it until, you know, God calls me. And uh, uh, I, I've got a great following, and, uh, and things seem to be happening now. A, a, a sort of a rebirth of my career is happening again. I don't know whether you, have, you, you know this the the Disney Plus series Marvel, yeah, uh, yeah. On, yeah. that's on Marvel. Marvel, it's called Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Well, they feature one of my songs that I recorded fifty five years ago, and it's, <laughs> and it's there's a rebirth of it. It's it's been on Spotify, fifteen million views. Uh, you know, on that. amazing. Yeah, and it's, just, it's just an amazing thing, and 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 now I'm getting, you know, a younger audience, which is. Uh, fantastic because they're yeah. writing some wonderful things. They they're saying that they discovered my music and they like it. Well, look at Jeremy right there. He's only 28. But let me just quickly ask you about, uh, you said, you know, until God calls you. When you were younger, you had tuberculosis. Yeah. And the priest came in and gave you the last rites. And uh, talk to me about that. And and how impactful was that on your life where you just said, okay, I got a second chance. I'm going to grab this. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know. But I I was speaking to my mother and I said, Mom, you know, when I was in the hospital, uh, the, they're so nice that uh, a, a priest came in and spoke to me for a whole hour when I entered the hospital. And now I'm negative, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm moving to the bigger bigger part. I was there for six months, by the way, in wow. hospital. And uh, uh, I sh- and I said, the, the priest talked to me for over an hour. She said, yes, son, she was giving you the last rites. Uh, and that scared the heck out of me. It really did, you know. Oh, that. But uh, I was given a second chance, and I've taken the opportunity of it, and um, and I, I looked for a career, and I found a manager who who, who changed my name and right. changed my life, and got a new, got a song called "Release Me" that was number one around the world, and uh, I sold 150 plus albums and uh, <laughs> 50 million uh, right. albums plus, yeah. you know, and. Uh, and let's not forget, okay. release me. By the way, you kept the Beatles' "Strawberry Fields" at bay. They could not get to number one because of it. it's your fault. <laughs> yes. And they had, they had a double single. They had the uh, "Penny Lane" and uh, "Strawberry Fields," which is a double-sided single. And then they never got to uh, num- that. Was at thirteenth. It was going to be the thirteenth number one. What was life like for you at that time, competing against the Beatles because they were the Beatles, and you come in? and just completely dethroned them, essentially. I mean, what was your life like at that time? Well, I tell you, it scared the daylights out of me because, you know, the, the almighty Beatles, who I was a big fan of you know, at that particular time, 
uh, to, to know that a, 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 a nobody like me came along and stopped the almighty Beatles who you know, has had these one after the other hit number ones, you know. Uh, but it's, I, I'm thrilled because it's been my career, you know, and uh, uh, and they, I think they didn't mind. I hope yeah. they didn't mind. Yeah. That's a great story <laughs> to tell. Um, was it, of course, it was Beatle mania. Was it like Engelbert mania? Were people yeah. chasing you in the well, streets? It, it, things did happen, you know, because I grew the sideburns and, and it made my dark on my hair. And I, I gave myself an image, you know, at that particular time. Yeah. Well, let me quickly talk about image at that time. We, of course, had... You know, the Beatles going with their long hair, but then you have Screaming Jay Hawkins, you have, uh, you know, David Bowie, Alice Cooper, you have all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. Were you ever tempted to try to go a little wilder and crazier in the show and become more uh, theatrical? Uh, theatrical, Or did you already say, you know what, well, I sing, my voice is is the show. No, you know what, uh, as, far, as far as dress and things like that are yeah. concerned, well, I got pretty extravagant at one time. I had all the beaded outfits and everything, you know. And, mm. and uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I still have my costumes that I wore in the 60s and the 70s. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, I, I have a, a room full of clothes that I wore in those, that particular days, not only on my show, on, on live shows, but on television shows. You know, and I, it was pretty glamorous, pretty glamorous stuff. You know, I was very... Uh, I was very excited about that. That's great. Uh, speaking of glamorous, one thing that you've been very uh, vocal about is not getting plastic surgery. You said, "I'm not going to do it. This is me." No. Uh, well, I, you know, I've, I've got the wrinkles right now, but I'm not going to do anything about it. You know, but because yeah. God has been good to me, and my, I get, guess I got good genes from my parents. I was left with good genes. And at my age, I'm I'm not going to start doing anything now. Why should I? You know, and um, you're going to start looking like Joan Rivers did. <laughs> eh? I said you'll, you'll start looking like Joan Rivers did, pulled back. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no. Joan was a lovely lady, you know. She liked me, so I'm not yeah. going to say a thing about no, her. Right? Great. She yeah. was great. But then again, well, if she didn't like you, you know, you got some really good zingers uh, thrown your way. So, <laughs> yeah, she like you. you know, she didn't like you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, Mitch and I are sitting like, here with our. I was going to say, Mitch and I are sitting here with our Botox holding us together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got no Botox. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just old. Uh, but was there no pressure, you know, through the '80s and '90s to, hey, you gotta, you gotta do this and do that and the hair of this and was there no pressure to be? Uh, was there? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't quite get the question. Yeah. I was just going to say, since you, since you're, you sort of just went with what God gave you, was there no, was there no pressure from record companies or management that say, hey, come on, you got to nip and tuck and you got to be a better poster. This and were they not on your case to to to, to change? No, no I, I guess I guess the record companies that I had in the past were quite uh, content with the, my 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 uh, sales. Mm -hmm. that i i did because oh you know i'm yeah. i wasn't i didn't sell immediately it was i'm like a long time uh, a person who sold over a period of time and the and um, i i found out you know when uh, it was about five or six years ago a friend of mine was checking on me and he said you know you sold over 150 million albums i said wow you know that's and i still have those trophies in my my studio room downstairs and mm -hmm. i have some of them up here too you know 
uh, in my office. And uh, I'm just very proud of the fact that uh, I've been able to accumulate such a, an amount. Right. With a career that spanned decades like yours has, you've seen every possible style of music come and go. You basically were around during the golden era of musicians where some of the greatest were in the studio cutting stuff live off the floor. And as the decades go on, you get to the 80s, everything becomes computerized. And even today with the Pro Tools, what did you think of all of the technology coming into music and how did you adapt your music to it? Uh, uh, you know, you have to go along with what what is going on. I think I think what is happening now has made has made life a lot easier. You know, uh, like for instance, you you don't have to go into a studio and record with all the all the musicians. You can you can wait and do it in your own in your own sweet time. You know, and you can put your you put your your tracks down early and then put your strings on later and do whatever you want to do. And, and, and it's made life a lot a, a lot easier and. Uh, uh, and, and, and nice to work that way. Right. I mean, looking back at all those incredible musicians from the 60s and 70s, and now everybody just goes in and programs their drums on the Pro Tools grid. And I mean, I mean do, you, do you miss that being just in the studio with a group of musicians that just kill it every time and cut it live off the floor? Uh, I, I personally like doing, doing that, doing a live, a live performance, you know. Yeah. I personally love that. I think it's, it's great to get that, that natural feel and nothing nothing maneuvered you know everything is straightforward uh like it is on stage i mean you, when you're on stage you're actually it's it's like a recording but it is you know you do your one time you, the, the, if you make a mistake you, there's no correction there you can't uh, uh, correct a note or, or or an instrument or anything like that it it's a live performance and i love live i love it live yeah. And also a lot of the times in those situations, I mean, some of the greatest moments come out of those, just the spontaneity in the studio or. Spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, have any, uh, you have any crazy stories about something like that happening back in the day? Well, um, you know, I, in some of my, in my live shows that were recorded, you know, I, I've had, I've had wonderful moments because good things, little things that happened that we kept in, kept in the show, you know, yeah. that, uh, Accidents, you know, an accident happened. Happy accidents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, happy accident. We keep it in the show. Nice. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, yesterday, of course, was your birthday. And on Twitter, a picture showed up from 1967 with you, Jimi Hendrix, Cat Stevens, and Gary Walker. Um, Say that again, please. I will. Um, for, uh, yesterday, since it was your birthday, a lot of people were posting pictures of you. Yeah. And there was a picture of you with Jimi Hendrix that came up. Yeah. What can you tell me about that? Do, do you remember that picture? And, and I, I do. I do. Jimmy was one of the nicest people I ever met. And and he, he was being uh, introduced to Europe. And they, they put him on tour with people like myself and the Walker Brothers. And, 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 um, and one day, uh, my, music, my guitarist didn't show up. And he says, don't worry, man. I'll play for you. And he played backstage and for, for me for my entire show, and it sounded like three guitars behind him. Wow. He's such a great guy. And then, uh, and, and he was wearing this this red coat. I said, Jimmy, Jimmy, that's a lovely, that's a nice coat you got there. He says, do you want it, man? I'll give it to you right now. <laughs> I wish I would take it, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? That just goes to show how good of a guy he was. He would have given you the coat off his back. 
Yeah, he, yeah, he was that kind of a guy. But, he was wonderful. But what a story! I mean, his offstage musician was Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, we we hear stories of Ozzy having somebody in a vocal booth, or some of these bands having people, you know, our keyboard is hidden off stage, but. You never hear of Jimi Hendrix hitting off stage. <laughs> That's remarkable. I, I think I was a very fortunate person to be involved with a, with a great position and a great performer like him. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially music was changing so much at the time. What did you think of guys like Jimi Hendrix that were coming up on the scene? What did I think of him? Yeah. I loved him. I, I, well, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we put him on the show. We loved him so much, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just a shame that he he went too early in the, in, in in his life, yeah. because I think he was a genius and he created a style that the world was ready for. Yeah, uh, May twenty second, Selvilford Peltier, Place des Arts in Montreal, Engelbert Humperdinck performing live. You've sold out every Montreal show since two thousand, and we're going to keep the record going. Uh, what can Montrealers expect at this show this time around? Oh, we have oh no you, hold on. You've you've uh, cut out for a second. So I did get the question. Oh, there we go. Now you're back. I said, um, you've sold out every Montreal show since the year 2000. Of course, we're going to do it again. What can Montrealers expect from the show? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've just finished the European tour and I, and I, and, and, um, I finished at the London Palladium and the reaction of the audience was so, so fantastic. I didn't want the show to end, you know, the, the tour to end. But uh, this this particular uh, um, section, of this particular lot of music that I put out, I, I seemed to go down very well with the audiences. And I'm going to, and I thought, well, if it's going down great here, it's going to go great when that when I get to other parts of the world. It, it is, and uh, yeah. I'll wrap up with this question real quick. Uh, your voice is still strong; it's still powerful. We love your voice. Uh, oh, you having a hard time hearing me? You went uh, silent for a minute. Okay. Oh, now you're back. Yeah. I don't now know what's going on with our connection today. But anyway, uh, just quickly talk to me about, have you done anything special to maintain your voice? I mean, do, do you do you have any kind of vocal exercises? Or is it just, again, God's gift that you just have this fantastic voice that just doesn't fade over the years? I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> I have never had a singing lesson in my life. And... Uh, uh, I just got this. I think I got it from my mother. She was a great singer, and uh, but not a professional. She just sang well, you know, privately. But um, I, I got this voice that uh, I started off playing the saxophone, but I wasn't wow. as good on the sax as I am with singing. So uh, I'm <laughs> glad my voice came out, you know. Right, and I bet so you look a lot better holding the mic than you do a saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. right. He could have played for foreigners, so he missed an opportunity. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. Anyway, there you go. I'm having a good time at the moment of my life, this moment in my life. Yes. That's amazing. Do you think you got one more last studio record in the vault? Uh, one more? Do you think you got you got one more studio album maybe in the can? Uh, do you think you... Oh, maybe... yeah. I'm working on one right now. I'm working on, 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 on an album right now, and... Uh, all the tracks were done in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, wow. uh, and uh, with the great musicians over there. Of course, they are for country, for yeah. country music, you know. And um, I haven't put my voice on yet. It's it's, it's something I'm, I'm I'm working on on a, on a slow basis now. Technology is coming to power, yeah. you know. Yeah. And 
I, I will get it finished by the time July comes along. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, yeah. um, May 22nd, sell Wilfred Pelletier at Place des Arts in Montreal. Check out the absolute legend, the icon, Engelbert Hunkerdink in concert. Uh, this was an absolute pleasure. So great to meet you. Uh, just thank you for the music. And uh, wow, thank this was you. awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. An all-new episode of the Mitchell Fun and Jeremy White Show. Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews. Bonus content. And episodes on demand now. Visit YouTube.com slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch LaFon and at Jeremy White MTL.